Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring around the star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Kill me now, kill me now. Welcome to Kill Me Now. Oh, good name. Yeah, Kill Me Now. Kill Me Now. Uh, is that a is that a song we actually? Just used to, when we were in a bad situation, like in a writer's room, where right. it's three in the morning, nobody's. At, I made up a song. Kill me now, kill me now. Maybe I think can that be song. our theme song? I think that I think we found our jingle. Oh I my just god! It. You've got a ringtone. Oh. This is perfect. We're here today with Phil Rosenthal. Another take? You want another take of it? Yeah, do another Just take. Just in case? Yeah. And action. Go. Kill me now. Kill me now. Cut. I love it. I love it. We're putting that on every podcast. Because you know what? All right. We're here with Phil Rosenthal. You all know him. Amazing writer, creator of 
What's the name of that show again? I forgot. <laughs> Somebody likes the Somebody thing. likes this guy. He's Italian. His uh, brother's really tall. His parents are like live right. What the hell is the name of that show? Everybody hates Redmond. Uh, everybody uh, hugs. No. Oh. Every, uh, Three people went into a coma from this bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody what it's called. Everybody loves Raymond. Hello. But. Phil, <laughs> Phil Rosenthal, ladies and gentlemen, but Phil, I know you not as a award-winning, uh, Peabody-winning, uh, Emmy-winning, uh, what would we, producer, writer, uh, creator, television, uh, popularity contest-winning. Yeah, I know you Phil. No, you I know, know me you as, Phil. as a sexually desirable. Now, if I had to, I do <laughs> believe I could. He would be the perfect husband for me. You could get it up for me. Oh, I could. man. I she could totally get says it. this about twice a day. Phil, first of all, you have a new show on PBS. Here I am. It's called I'll Have What Phil's Having. Good night, folks! It's, Which uh, could is, you make it sound more Jewish? I know. Is that bad? I'll but have, first of all, I'll uh, having what uh, I'm have I'll have what Phil's having yeah. is a Jewy thing. Well, it's from that movie. It's from the movie. With, you want to hear something crazy? What? I swear to God, this is true. I was looking for titles for the show, right? And uh, I think it was Lou uh, Schneider, Schneider, our friend, sent yes. me a thing. He said we were in the restaurant the other day, and everyone was looking at the menu, going, "What would Phil order?" And I thought that's a funny title. Maybe you know, like, "What would Jesus do?" Right. Right. What would Phil order? As right. If I'm you could have bracelets. As if I'm somebody. So I sent that around to some people, along with some other ones, and my friend Vanessa Silverton, who's Nancy Silverton's daughter, oh. and a great person in her own right, right. brilliant. Uh, she sends me back. No, I don't. I think it's I'll have what Phil's having. And I said, that's perfect. That's it. That's perfect. And I show it to my brother. Uh-huh. We're sitting at a deli. Mm-hmm. When I show it to him, he goes, that's it. You can't do better than that. Just then, the waiter from the deli comes over with the check. I am not making this up. And he says, oh, you're at the lucky table. What do you mean the lucky table? We're at Katz's Deli. He points over our head. There's a sign that says, and we didn't see it until this moment. No way. At this table, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal... Right? Did the famous scene? Get And the out. lady said, I'll, I'll have, have what, what she's she... having. Oh. You're full of shit. I swear that to God, it, You know what true. that's called? Beshert. 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 Yes. Signed that from God. That is amazing. And that how was Rob I... Reiner's mother. How could I not do it? Yes, and Billy Crystal came up with that line on the spot to wow. give to Estelle. Ah, I've you heard that. Yeah. yeah. So here we are. Wow. I love Now, I have it. to tell you, I was at the Comedy Cellar uh, a few weeks ago. And I bump into this guy, Ray Romano. I don't know if you know who he is. And I didn't catch the name. Ray Romano. Nice, yes. Ray and uh, I don't know. We were talking about... Oh, I was telling him about he, how we went to Blue Hill. And how, that was the greatest meal of my life. We had this four-hour... I, I mean, that was the most perfect... That was such... An, I can't thank you enough. We that was the it. most amazing experience. You know what's nice? It's only nice if you share it. And it's only nice if you share with somebody who gets it. You got it. <laughs> anyway, it was it was such an experience. So he says to me, you know what? Phil needs to come up with an app. And then, I'm you know. With, you are? Absolutely, yes. Of course. So I don't every, want to say it because if I say it. it's Then it your, won't happen. No, it's, a, it's also such a good 
idea. I can't believe it's not out yet. Right. And I'm actually talking to my agents about where is the, why hasn't this come out yet and how do we do it? So I can't say it yet, but it's coming. Yeah, okay. heard it here first. So Ray thought of that. You thought of his show. I'm not and giving he th- him any money. No, I wouldn't. That. He doesn't. Need, <laughs> he needs no money. He has Phil. enough. But By you the know, way, <laughs> playing a Jew in the new show. Let's plug him for a second. He's playing a Jewish, I think, agent uh-huh. in the new Martin Scorsese, Mick Jagger produced HBO series called Vinyl. He's no way. Nice. He didn't tell you about that. Well, he had the beard, and yeah. uh, and That's he was with uh, Bobby. Yeah, and he was with Bobby Cannavale. You know him? Yeah, he was. He's very nice. I don't know. Yeah, he said. I said, "Hi, I'm Judy." And oh yeah, I know. You. I love when people say, "Oh yeah, I know you." And I'm thinking, oh. I have one bathroom, and <laughs> you know who I am. So uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> he's playing a Jew. I, you know, it's a. They can't get a Jew to play a Jew. Why aren't you playing a Jew? I know. On television. In the I'm not playing Stacey. a Jew. Why are you yelling? I don't know. My mother. So. Um, <laughs> So, Phil, um, I, you know, I did some research as much as I could. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is Poo Poo Rosenthal? That's stupid. What is that? That was a credit on one of the shows where they called him. And this is, I, can, I don't even remember the name of this episode, but mm-hmm. I know it was an episode where Ray was talking about being picked on in school. Mm-hmm. And there was a thing where they called him P.P. Raymond because he made in his pants one day. Right. And so Deborah, I think... Brings that back and calls him P.P. Raymond. Oh, yes, yeah, she's a bully. He accuses her of being a bully. Right. And she says P.P. Raymond, like getting at him. Right. So mean. Right. Funny, though. And at the end of the credits, instead of it said, based on the comedy of, of Ray Romano, <laughs> we put up based on the comedy of P.P. Raymond. And then my credit came up, executive producer, Poo Poo Rosenthal. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So you looked up a credits sheet. Whatever. I, I just saw. I, I found out. You saw Poo Poo Rosenthal. Please don't call me that, people, when you see me on the street. Hi, I'm sorry. Poo-poo. I actually, you know, because I know uh, how much you adore food, I actually thought it was because of a poo poo platter or something. That was the first thing that oh, came to mind. P-U-P-U. Let's say that. that sounds a little right? better than Maiden His Pants Rosenthal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what now, you shout out. You grew up in New York. I don't know how anyone would know that because it's not like you have an accent or any sort of New York affect. And (laughs) you really wanted to be an actor. So what you're saying is... That you're a failure! I hear you. You're a failure! (laughs) Don't think I don't wake up with that. So (laughs) you went to Hofstra. Yes. You met Monica... Corin after. after oh it was it but she went to Hofstra she as well. transferred in the year after I graduated uh-huh. which is a bit of trivia that nobody gives a shit about I, I care okay she transferred in the year after, after you graduated and then I met her after that I was walking on Ninth Avenue yeah. at the Ninth Avenue food fair right you do that oh my god I love it's the Ninth Avenue thing. I know yeah I met my wife at the Ninth Avenue food like fair. exactly how'd you meet her I'm walking down the street I'm eating a rib I'm with Tom McGowan I'm eating and dripping sauce on mm. my Joe Jackson's Jumpin' Jive Oh, t-shirt. yeah, 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 yeah. So sexy. And here Joe comes Jackson. that Monica, yeah. who I'd seen in a play a week before. Right. With our mutual friends that crossed over our two times at right. Uh, Hofstra, right? And I thought she was really funny. Right. I didn't have any ulterior motives or anything because right. tell that girl she's funny. Just I saw somebody mm-hmm. great and I wanted her to know that, you know, I thought she was funny. That's all. Now I see her. Here she comes. She's walking with our mutual friend. I think it was Lori Gunty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? And I see her and I go, oh, the funny girl. I'm a big fan of yours. Like that. And right. she goes, I'm a big fan of yours, too. 
Okay, so that's sweet, right? What? A lie. She, she never lied? saw me in anything. She never heard of me. She didn't know me. She lied. Uh, the that's whole my thing Monica. Yeah. built on a lie. Right. So I'm available, Judy, if you change your mind and hold way of life. Wow. Wow. And then did you make out like the first day? Right there. Drop my rib, mouth on hers. <laughs> done. One no, bone for no. another. What really happened was, you know I'm not like that. I know. We start the, a week after that. Here comes a play. I'm doing a Columbia grad school. Mm -hmm. And we there's a part for a funny girl. And mm -hmm. I said, what about the funny girl, Monica, that I just saw and just met? We should cast her. She's funny. Right. We call her up. She says, yes. She comes, and I don't know if you've been in a play. Sure you have. Mm -hmm. But you know how it is when you're in yeah. a play. You get to know somebody. Oh, my, it's like camp. It's before, like summer camp. Before yeah. I knew it. Massages. She, she took advantage of me. No oh. way. She made the first move? Oh, she makes every move. I know. Was oh. it in the ladies' dressing room? No. Wait, so. Central wow. Park right there. We're looking at Central Park right now. Yeah. Kissed her, kissed her on a hill overlooking the boat pond for the first and time. And did right you there. did you get the fireworks, or it you was, were just like, thank God, someone was, is kissing was, me? It was it was uh, special <laughs> because I couldn't get anywhere to touch. Me. Right. So it was very nice how desperate she was. That is <laughs> that's beautiful. And so now it works in my favor. I love that. So that's what I look for in a mate. Right. Desperation number yeah. one. Me too. Actually. Writing that down. <laughs> and I'm desperate. But so, okay. So, and then you get married. You're poor. You're living at Absolutely, like two yes, actors. Poor, yes. Not for long, but long enough. Oh, yeah. Long. Like years and years and years. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. Of, from college graduation to my first writing job is about 10 years. All right. It's not. Okay. I'm living 30 years poor. All right. I'm not done. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Let's take I'll the rest do. of my podcast to complain about you. <laughs> oh, you didn't know what this was about? Oh, please, it's shut all, up. I know it's all about Judy. I know. Yeah. It's cool. So, all right. So then you start working on Coach. Okay, yes. What? You don't... There's stuff in between, but go... Like, but that was that stuff. your first, like... Job on a show that people had heard of. Okay. My first writing job in Hollywood, you're going to think I'm making this up, the Robert Mitchum sitcom. No way. Yes. So, how did you get into writing if you were Mr. Actor? Some friends of mine and I wrote a show for ourselves to be right. in because right. we couldn't get arrested. Right. And that became a successful thing. At the same time, our friend Alan Kirschenbaum mm -hmm. came to my house with a word who processor. Who you grew up with. Who I grew yes. up with in New City, New York. Right. He shows up with that blue and gray metal right. box. A word processor, it's called. 1987. <laughs> we're going to write a screenplay. Right. What do you mean? I don't know nothing about writing no screenplay. Right. He says, I... Think I know the structure? Seriously. Right. We, we're going to write it about uh, a suburban detective in New City, the town we grew right. up in. We're going to name it Shulman after Millard Shulman, who lived a few houses away from me. We like that name. Right. We write it. Now, I'm, I'm not kidding. I have $150 in the bank. Mm -hmm. We sold that screenplay to HBO. No way. They didn't make it, right. ultimately. But this is $1988. Mm. $70,000. No way! Are you kidding me? My mother. I call uh, her. I can't even with I, your mother, I call, Helen. I call her up. Yeah. I tell her. Plots. She goes, what do you get for something like that? I said, Alan and I are splitting $70,000. Mm -hmm. Silence on the phone. Mm -hmm. Ma, she goes, 
Do you know we've worked our whole lives to have $70,000? Like you little shit. <laughs> but you sit on your ass and, do and you write some, yeah. Uh, thing, some idiocy. And they give you. How did that how make is you the feel? Fair? That would be a kill me now moment. I like, mean, how did that. Did you, you want to. see that I'm 55 years old. Right, and still, you still can't get over it. Did you want to strangle. Did you want to strangle her? No, it was just astounding. Right. And by the way, it was an honest reaction right. from someone who doesn't understand the way the world works right. and how, what are the values in this world? She's right. not wrong. Right. But I think for your son, you'd give it up a little. And, uh, right. And then what'd your dad do? He put a sign on the roof. My son just sold the screenplay for 70000 <laughs> uh-huh, nice. <laughs> oh, that is so great. Yeah. That must have been like, oh my God. It was, Did that oh give God. you confidence or were you like... Oh shit! Like, were you nervous? Like, oh, I, I, I better, you know. No, the best part was mm-hmm. that I went from being an actor and eating tuna fish for dinner every right. night to eating whatever I wanted. And do you? That feel... was the best. Amen. I had cold sesame well, noodles every night because it was two ninety five, and you did tuna fish. Did okay. you do white albacore? No, I'm not Rockefeller. I had whatever was the cheapest. All right. I enjoyed. Dark meat and oil. Right? Uh huh. I had, and then, and then on a special occasion, we went to Caramba. Do you remember Oh, Carumba? my God, yes, Carumba! Right? On Columbus Avenue? I had a new thing in yeah. 1985 called a quesadilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they grilled were, cheese. Yes, 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 yes. with tortilla. Yes. And it's a little spicy. They have these things in them called jalapenos. Right. And they put the green glop on top called guacamole. I know. I'm like, wow, this, this is, is the best. Yes. That's that, the yeah. flattest bagel I've ever seen. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. Okay. Now, That's awesome. All right, then you, of course, how did you meet Ray? Oh, uh, I'm working on Coach, and then I get a tape of a comedian mm-hmm. who had been struggling for 12 years, and then he goes on Letterman and does one appearance. Yeah, kills. Five minutes. Yeah. Letterman sets out to do a show for that right. guy. He's like, this, somebody should make a sitcom. Or right. Him, Letterman and his people. And they, what the, the way it works is... They set about looking for a writer to create a show for the mm-hmm. comedian. And as a writer, you're looking for comedians to create a show right, for. Right, right. Unless you have an idea, which I didn't have. Right. So this tape comes. And, oh, Monica and I saw this when we were watching Letterman three right. months ago. We love this guy. He's funny. Of course I'll take that meeting. Right. And you had no, you had never met him before. No. Even though we're both born in Queens. Is that? Oh, my God. Another Bechert. That's wild. Are you from another... a... Bichette. Where in Queens? Stop yelling, I have to open a window. Really? It's that bad? <laughs> I get excited when I'm around I, you. I, I can't believe that you wrote on coach and yes. I'm six, two and a half, and you never put me on there. I didn't know you. I, I know. know anything about you. <sighs> Whatever. I Go ahead. Have. Thank you. Jews on camera were very welcome on that show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you do this? Maybe the most Gentile show in history. <laughs> show business. By the way, I had no business being there. What the hell did I know? I literally, uh, my partner at the time, Oliver Goldstick, and I literally wrote this in one of our scripts. Coach says, Coach, he wouldn't know his your football term here right. from his <laughs> different football term here. No way. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is so And we fun. left it to a Gentile to tell us what that right. meant. That's what? great. That's so funny. Oh, oh it was such God. a great show. It's just they hate the Jews in Hollywood. And yet, <laughs> and, and yet, ninety percent of us. Hello, self-hating. Uh, all right, so so did they like put you in touch with like so you see this tape 
Yeah. And you were like, oh my God, this guy's really funny. Yeah, let's I'd love meet. To- we, we meet at Art's Deli on Ventura. Mm-hmm. You know I love the- how you, I love the food. Yeah, go ahead. You know what the motto is? What? Where every sandwich is a work oh, of art. Yes. Where every sandwich is a work of art because it's Art's Deli. Yes. And we meet. <laughs> oh, and man. I say, tell me about yourself. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, tell me about your family. Just what I would say right. to you if I meet you. How? Right. Who are you? Tell me right. about you. I like your act. Right. But who are you? Right. I have twin boys, an older daughter. My family lives close by. They're always bothering me. I have an older brother who lives with them, and he's he's uh, older than me, but he's jealous of me. He touches every bite of food to his chin. He's kind of weird. He looks at my award for that I won, the Cable Ace Award for comedy, and he's a cop. And he goes, it never ends for Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. And I said, wow. Doesn't seem like there's anything there we could use. <laughs> but I thought also later... Maybe that's the show. Because, first of all, he never acted before. Right. So I'm not going to make him, you know, gay astronaut from Cleveland. Right. I'll make him something that's close to him right. that he understands. That is a good show, gay astronaut from Cleveland. Maybe you could do that. I could. Right? I could do gay and lesbian and transgender astronaut from Cleveland. Is gay, you don't say gay to cover all of you? No, it's, I, I do. I don't you do? Care. Yeah, I did, but now it's I like. I don't want to say the wrong Not thing. all that's trans people are gay. Yeah. Of course not. A lot of trans people are No, but are you mean the gay no, and lesbian. No, I meant gay lesbian. That's no, I, mean. I say I'm gay. Okay. I'll say it too then. All right. You're gay. You know what? <laughs> that is the gayest thing <laughs> I have ever heard. I okay. Like I like so, it. So you, you ponder. Yeah, and I figure this is the right... After you left. After Art's yeah. Deli. Well, we, we actually deliberated over sometime what will the show be. Right. And he actually wanted it. This is 1996. Mm-hmm. He wants to do a show. Or can he goes? Does there have to be a story? Can we just like? Can I sit in the diner with my friends and talk about like stuff? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first of all, there is already that show. It's called Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Right. And second, I don't know how to write that show. Right. I need a story. That's right. all what I'm trained in. That's all I know how right. to do. So I. I the shows I grew up with, the Honeymooners, right? Right. The, these are the shows I'm mm-hmm. trying to emulate. Right. All in the family. Uh, Taxi, mm-hmm. The Odd Couple, right. Roseanne, The Cosby Show in the right. 80s. Can't say his name anymore. Right. But yes, these were the great <laughs> shows that I loved, and they were all four cameras, sitcoms, real, seeming like life. In other words, it could happen. Right. The stuff in those shows could happen. Could happen. They took place on planet Earth. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Did I say Dick Van Dyke show? I meant to I love say Dick that Van too. Dyke, okay. yeah. Dyke, so, I like Dyke. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... Tell him, these are my values. This is the guy, you know, if you pick me, this mm-hmm. is the guy. By the way, he's met like 12 guys. And really? I didn't think he, I was his first choice. I think he wanted a writer from Friends first. Right. Because that was the hot show. Right. So That show annoyed me. I'm not going to talk about it because my daughter, that's her favorite Lily. show. Her, she, I come into the kitchen and Lily, for the last five years... Has huh. been watching. No, that she watches every The Office. Single day. Yeah, she switched over just recently. Yeah. But for five years, every single day I come into my kitchen, Friends is on. I say, again, Friends? Right. Not, not because I don't like it or because right. I don't think, but again with this? She turns to me, she says, Friends is the best sitcom ever made. And I say, that's nice that you feel that way. <laughs> Why don't you go watch it at Marta Kaufman's house? <laughs> That's funny. They, I couldn't take that they had that gorgeous apartment. And well, they, it's, that see, was the most annoying. See, that part. was that would that would bother me in my room, right. writer's room, because 
the it's one not, rule could we not had happen. Could right. not happen. Right. Right away, I don't buy it. Right. Now, it had a lot of other things going for it. Right. Probably the most beautiful people ever right. to be in a sitcom. Right. Which was the exception to the rule. But network television looked at that show and said, just cast beautiful people. Right. Mm. That never works. Which is why mm. I never. You're audition. too beautiful. For friends. Right. Not even an audition. Okay. So. You could be on that show. Thank you. You could be. I could be that nasty neighbor that's like, hey, you kids living in this apartment. You make no goddamn money. Okay. So. <laughs> Maggie Wheeler got that part. Actually. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> so. All right. So then. Uh, so he picks you. How do you find out? I don't know. I got a call that, uh, yeah, do you, if you want to do it, Ray wants to work with you. I'm like, great. And so that, we start meeting and, and discussing. Did you ever have sex? There was one time I don't want to talk about. <laughs> you have to in Hollywood. Right, of to. course, because you want to really know it's him. It's just the way. Right, right. It's not even. It's just a formality. Bend right. over. Here we go. Okay, right. now we're in business. They should call it Hollywood. Hello. Hey, good night, folks. Go. Mm. She, uh, he. Mm-hmm. Called him she once. That was that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he uh, uh, wanted to do a show like that. I convinced him that this was the way. And I also convinced him that the very story he told me about his family, that was the show. Right. He was like, what? I'm like, yes, this and this and this. I see. I relate to that. Right. Your your parents live close by. My parents live 3,000 miles away, but they may as well right. live across the street. Right. That's the metaphor in right. the show, the central thing right. of the show. And what I don't know about your family, because I didn't meet them, right. I, I, I'm going to be able to fill in my family. Right. I'm going to put my parents in. I'm going right. to do this. So he said, all right, go ahead. So I went, wrote a script. Right, I dropped in some of his bits and mm-hmm. stuff to, that he would be comfortable with. Right. right? And he's a fantastic writer, too, right. by the way. Yes. Uh, and became... As the show went on, a great writer. And I wrote mm-hmm. some episodes with him. Wow. And they're some of my favorite ones. Wow. Uh, he's terrific. He also became a terrific actor. Yes, and he absolutely did. And, and his be- mother a, is a pianist or a musician. But that, I put it in the show. Hers, his mother teaches right. piano in the show. That's Marie's occupation. Right. And so that, yeah. his, I'm saying his real mother yes. was that. And I think, I always thought that's where he got his timing and... That could be. Yeah. Because it is music. Right. That John Rickles is a drummer. Right. Exactly. Right. But it Yeah. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Initially, the net, the network doesn't want to pay you. They don't want they they don't think this show is gonna. Did you feel that in the beginning that they didn't think the show was gonna be a huge hit? I feel like they like the show, right? But this is not our big hit, right? Because why? No stars, right? No big stars. Peter right. Boyle was in the show, right? But that's as big a star as we right. have, and the you know the world isn't jumping up and down for. Right. An older gentleman like right. Peter Boyle at this moment in time, people don't know who Ray is. Mm-hmm. They don't know who Patty Eaton is, right. Right? right? And so we're going on. We're getting the lousiest time slot. Mm-hmm. This is Les Moonves's first programming year, by the way, mm-hmm. 1996. Wow. So he has shows with a lot of stars in them, right? 
He wants to do well. I don't right. blame him. Right. Puts us on Friday night at 8.30 after Dave's World. There hadn't been a hit in that time slot since Gomer Pyle. Wow. Whoa. And we didn't change that. Right. But we got nice reviews, and CBS and Les especially liked the show. Right. And he saw that the three people who were watch watching on Friday were coming back. Right. And so when he had a show doing badly on Monday night after Murphy Brown, he called me in his office and he said, starting in March of this first season, I'm going to give you six opportunities in this decent time slot. I'm like, really? He goes, yes, but if you don't perform there, I can't help you anymore. Hmm. Wow. So Ray and I got very, very nervous. Right. Because, yes, we're getting this shot. It's a show of but, confidence. Right. But it's also a show of, like, you're in the playoffs right. for the World Series. Right. If you don't do well, you're not going to the World Series. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going home. Right. So that's when we were nervous. So the first night on Monday, our ratings doubled. No way. But if you're Ray and me, right. we go, wow, uh-oh. Uh -huh. Why? Right. Uh-oh. Because people sampled us. Are they going to come back? Exactly. That's all we're thinking. Right. Next week is the test. Not right. this week. Right. Next week. So we're nervous for that week. Our ratings went up from there. No way. That's when we settled down. I what, what week did you think, okay, we're in the clear? That week. The second week. I actually clipped the variety thing that said Raymond's ratings went up from last week, probably securing a permanent no way on Monday night. Yes, nice. that, it said that. Now, when he first asked you into his office, yeah. were you like, oh, shit? Like, did you think it was bad? Like, No, because things were going well. Right. And I thought something nice was coming. Right. Not money. Right. But something nice was, was coming because <laughs> yeah. he wanted to talk to us. So, mm -hmm. so that was good. And, and you know, and then... You know, I was just, you write a thing in your room by yourself. You're hoping that uh, uh, Wendy Goldstein at, at CBS is mm -hmm. going to recommend it to shoot a pilot. Right. That's all you're hoping for. Right. Everything that happened, I mean, getting a cast together. Right. Getting to shoot a pilot. Right. Shooting the pilot. Right. Having it go well. Getting it on the air. Right. Having it do okay, getting nice reviews. Getting to Monday night, having that go well. Getting another season. Every single one of these things is not winning the jackpot. It's winning the jackpot over and over and over. And over, yes. and over. You, the, the odds are astronomical right. that this would happen. So, so I'm lucky to be in this nice hotel talking to you. Yeah, you now, might but, be kind of talented. <laughs> you're very sweet. But did you ever... Like, I just need to know. When, when did you say... This Easy uh, Street? Yeah. Never. Because I can tell you another nervous moment. The third season, we're moving, I think, from 930, protected by a Murphy Brown mm -hmm. lead-in. Now Murphy Brown is going off the air. We're taking over 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. What's on at 9 o'clock on Mondays? Football. Monday night football. Football. These are the boys that would knock my books down in the hallway right. at school. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going up against them. And the hottest show in the country at that moment Ally McBeal. Oh. Do you remember how yes. Yes. big that was? Yes. Within three months, I swear to you, within three months, we were beating both of them. No way. Aha, football people. Aha, you mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, those football assholes who were mean to me and called me Bigfoot. See, we eat ribbon. That's right. Yeah. So, your obsession yes. with food. Okay. I can tell you where this show 
had its roots in Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay, if you're because interested. I I'm absolutely interested. But ever I've known you for a while. I mean, I really know Monica really well, and then I fell in love with you. But you you have always been obsessed with food, yes. and yet you're thin. Yes. So. How does it happen? Well, first of all, I was I can tell you I was thirty pounds heavier. I know. Fifteen I, years ago. I know. I remember. When, because in the writers' room, yeah. If you've ever done that, if you're stuck in the writers' room, what we call the veal pen. Right. There's no sunshine coming in except the menu. Right. So mm. the menu comes, and that's your vacation for the right. day. It's what you look forward to. I called my production company, where's lunch? Because right. that's the that's writer's right. main preoccupation. Right. Where the hell is lunch already? Right. And where are we going to order from? And right. what are we getting? Well, if you're me, and the menu comes, you ask, what can I order? And they say, whatever you want. I said, not whatever I want. Yes. You mean like an appetizer and an entree and a dessert? Yeah, mm -hmm. whatever you want. So here we go. And is that... Ba boom 30 pounds. Suddenly, need new pants. But is that, when, is that when the obsession of... No, the obsession started when I left my parents' house and I had food that, and flavors that I never tasted before. What, so your mother was not a great cook? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Helen! <laughs> she, Max! My mother is a wonderful person. Smart, yes. funny. Oh, she's great. Brilliant, I love her. Fantastic. Personality don't sweeten the meat, honey. <laughs> I don't know where that came Please from. Please call my mother and tell her. Yes. That. Uh, <laughs> I don't talk but to did so, you. Know? Okay. But we grew up without a lot of money, and they both worked, and it was not you know, even a value, like great right. food. They didn't know from that. Right. So, Did you go out to dinner when you were a kid? Hardly ever. We didn't have a lot of money. Right. Once in a while, we'd have Chinese food on a Sunday. Right. Ooh. Maybe once every two months. Right. Right? And I love that, but we always got the same goddamn thing. What? Chicken uh, chow mein? Uh, whatever my dad, you know, was okay with. A barbecued spare rib and maybe mm. a lobster Cantonese. Okay. Let me just tell you something. Yeah. We were kosher. Right. Uh, uh, it took till I was 20-something yeah. to realize that the only, there's more things on a Chinese menu than vegetable. Exactly. Chow mein. Yes. And egg drop soup. Right. And so when you, when you, let's say you go to a Chinese restaurant without your parents for the mm -hmm. first time. Oh, what? Your mind is blown. Well, I still do that. I'm 52 yeah. and right. I still, I go to a restaurant and I like go to, uh, uh, you know, you know, order an appetizer. I'm like, right. oh, what should I do? And I'm like, I can, I'm 52. I can order an appetizer. I can put the thermostat on whatever I want. I can yes. order Look whatever how... I want, yes. and I can take a cab. One of the best moments ever <laughs> so in a fair. film yeah. of any kind is that moment in Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where the critic takes the bite of the Ratatouille at right. the end, and they zoom flash to him as a child. Right. Mm. This is genius because it's so connected. Everything you're talking about. Right is connected right. to that moment. It's food and childhood. It's connected. And I believe that what we want most in a meal is to return to the thing we loved as kids in an idealized version. Right. What do I mean? Mm -hmm. The best slice of pizza you ever had. Right, right, right. The best hot dog you right. ever had. The right. stuff we ate as children. We want the idea. If somebody can create the idealized version of those things, right. we love them. So... Mm. Mm. Did, were you thinking about your next gig 
during the Raymond thing? Like, no, what do no, I want to no. do next? I, so, I, I thought I'm going to ride this train mm-hmm. until it's over. A lot the of people, gravy. Yes, And hello. then you take the gravy and you make another show about gravy. Good night, everyone. I'll be here all week. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, it was bad. But but how did... You have editing Okay, on so... <laughs> no, but she does have Ritalin. So you decided when the show was going to be over. Which was very nice. Right. Now, we, you know, a lot of people in my position, we, we get offers to go mm-hmm. do the next show, and you leave that show behind to somebody else. And Woody Allen said you can't ride two horses with right. one behind. Right. right. And I'd seen it happen, so I stayed with Ray. Right. I turned down money even to stay with mm. Ray. Right. Because I knew that this was special, not just special, it was my family. Right. I'm writing about my family. Right. I never have that again. Right. And this no one the, else is going to be able to do that. No. The, yes. No. Right. And I love the people. Right. The main thing. That right. is the main thing. Special. So, during the night season, I talked to Ray. I talked to the writers. I said, I think this is it. Right. Actually, during the eighth season, I said, right. I think the next season is it. Because we're out of stories. Right. 210. That's amazing. That's a lot of anything. Yes. It's enough. Right. Now, CBS, they would have been happy. They don't mm-hmm. care. I was actually told by somebody at CBS, uh, if I have Ray Romano and Doris Roberts reading the phone book, I'm going to put that on. Right. Meaning the writing, they don't care. Right. Which I makes cared. you... Wow. I right. cared. Right, of course. Raymond cared, thankfully, right. because if Raymond would have said, I think I'm going to go on without film, right. would have happened. you got to have integrity. So, okay. Well, he does. Yes. And he knew that it's all about the writing. Right. You don't have a show unless you have writing. Right. And listen, he was one of the writers. Right. Mm. So he cared, too. So this is a rare thing in show business. You get to leave on your terms. You know, usually they like to break up with you. Right. They don't like it when you break up with right. them. So you break up with them. Are they pissed? I'm not going to say they're pissed. I I will say that I know they wanted us to continue. And right. by the way, they're in business. So right. this of is course. a show that's making money for right. them. I understand them not being thrilled that we leave. When did you go into syndication? What season? Five? Yeah, when you hit 100, right. you go into syndication. And we came, we flew to New York to start the kind of syndication tour right. to announce our syndication. We came on uh, September 10th, 2001. Wow. Oy vey. We stayed at this hotel. <sighs> wow. We got in a car to go down to do the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yes. Yes, okay. I worked on that show. I know. Yes. Somebody came out and said, no show today. Mm-hmm. Right? Was it Judy? <laughs> no, I wasn't working. I was pregnant. Go ahead. We no, could, Ben had just been born. We actually yes. could see the smoke from yes. the World Trade Center yes. down 6th Avenue. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, we, we saw, saw it, it up, up. On, on the Upper West Side. Yeah, and so smell. And we the all smell. came back to my room. Yeah. Could have been this room. Right. And we watched the horror on television. Oh, it was awful. And then we saw the fighter jets flying around Manhattan. Right? right? Mm-hmm. It was a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Aren't you glad I started talking about this now? Yeah, I'm really happy. <laughs> Never uh, forget. That's great. Thanks, Phil. And we were stuck here. We couldn't get home. Right. And we couldn't. I couldn't even get. You know, we couldn't call home. But you were close to your parents, so you felt safe. They were a big help. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, how do you decide they the nation? How do you? Mm-hmm. How do you that's... decide? I'm going to food. I'm okay. going. Here's what happened. I'm going to tell you. At the end of season one of Raven, I say to Ray, what are you doing on your hiatus? Right? Where are you mm-hmm. going on your little vacation? You have mm-hmm. three months before you have to be back. Right. Well, I go to Jersey Shore. Right. I said, uh, you ever been to Europe? He said, nah. I said, no, not even Italy, where your mm-hmm. family's from? Nah. I said, why not? He goes, I'm not really interested in other cultures. 
Even his own culture. Right. Not interested. He likes the Jersey Shore. Right. The light bulb goes off on my head. We have to do this episode. We have to do an episode where we send him to Italy as Ray Romano. Right. And we send him back as Roberto Bonini. After he's been <laughs> transformed right, 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 by right. the magic of Italy. Right. Like I have been. Right. And I'm and, um, proselytizing. Right. You know, I'm like a, a zealot about it. Right. I love it so much. My favorite thing in life to do. Right. Eat in Italy. Mm-hmm. Right. I recommend this to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Takes five years to get the money from CBS to go do that episode. I mean, the Brady Bunch went to Hawaii. We were not the Brady Bunch. Wow. And the Grand Canyon. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so five years. I in, can't believe they wait five years. I even got a call from a CBS executive the week before we started filming. I was already there. Mm-hmm. Can you cut some of the locations out of the show? Because this is getting expensive. I said, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not spendy Spenstein. Right. I'm, I'm very frugal, and I understand. I hate but spendy at a, Spenstein. At a, at a certain point, <laughs> mm-hmm. Italy is what we are in Italy for. Right. We're here for those locations. Right. We need them. And I ignored that, and I did exactly the show that right. we wanted. And it turned out beautifully. It's one of our best episodes. Yeah. We won awards. Yeah. But here's the best thing that happened. I saw that what happened to Ray, the character that I wrote... Happened to Ray the person. Oh, my God. He, I love that. He yes. changed. He now goes to Italy. Okay. Point. Yes. Nice. It's No, you got a point for that. That's what you yes. set out to. That's beautiful. And beautiful. I can. Person. I know the Ray who was like, eh, okay. Yeah. And I now, yeah. I mean, you should have seen him there. <laughs> yeah. So should we get gelato now? Mm. Right? After yeah. every meal? Right. Yeah, we'll get gelato. Hey, did you try this one? This one is great. And this, how about yeah. this? And go, should we get, should we get pizza now? Yeah. Okay, but we just had dinner and gelato. Right. I know, but this pizza it looks awesome. Okay, we'll get that. Okay, you know what you need after pizza? What more gelato? So it, it's, it's all night long. Sounds fun. Okay, so that happened. That's when the other light bulb went off. What if I could do this for other people? So that was ten years ago. It's taken ten years from this idea to this show that starts Monday. I have to say, it does start Monday. It's uh, it's on PBS. When is this on? Your this uh, Tuesday. Oh, great. So you missed yeah. it. <laughs> Shut up. Actually, you could PBS. probably see it again. PBS, on, uh, they keep they doing, re- they replay. Yes, and you can probably go online. Right. And also, online. PBS but, but, publishes their shows like a day or two later on, on uh, Hulu. And, and there's a lot on, of different platforms. And you can see it. Okay. So uh, I'm just warning. So I need to warn everyone. Yes. I, I, I watched... Some of the show, you nice. know, I can't watch the whole, you know, shindig. Be- no, because they don't allow you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they only have little. Pl- I I got someone. I know someone involved, so yes. I got to watch. Wow. I know someone yeah. who knows someone, so I got yeah, to watch so. too. Uh, it makes you. It makes your mouth water. And like it. It. Uh, so it's Cole Nidre. Okay. The intro alone. I'm, uh, so, I, I I'm already changed. It. I'm and, like, and, I got to be Italian somewhere. Yes. So. Um, I go to it's Kol Nidre service. You know, it's the night before Yom Kippur. It's the first Yom Kippur without my mother. I'm like, so, uh, I said, and you're not supposed to watch television or anything, but I was like, you know what? I can't. So I put this on. I knew you were and I, and supposed I'm, to eat. But and I'm not eating. And, I, I, and I'm like, why am I watching? And it, it's riveting. It's, it is a riveting show because the joy, it is, because you're so into the food and... <laughs> You're like I was invested in you, 
and and your experience. Oh, you watched this during a fast. Shut up. That's the worst. But it's also the joy. Like, I've eaten with you. um, And you've eaten with me. Oh, sorry, Monica. But, you know, eating with you, I have to say, it is so much fun because I love food. I mean, I live for food, everything. I think about food 24-7. And the pleasure you derive from giving this, it's so palpable when when eating with you that you enjoy. Like, look, taste, isn't it good? Isn't it good? But when you (laughs) ate that 100-year-old egg. Oh, yeah. It's called a century-year-old egg. Now, okay. it's not really a century-old right. egg in Hong Kong. It just tastes that way. So what do they do to the egg, yeah. and they, why do they eat it? Because your face, yeah. yes, on the 100th century, I call 100, you know. That's fine. My father was in a tax and charity. <laughs> yeah, so why, uh, what is it? Uh, it's an egg that's preserved in ash and lime, and it's preserved for weeks or months. And it's this delicacy that I didn't realize. It comes to the table. And what's funny, in, in, in the Jewish culture, like mm-hmm. at Seder, you would have a plate of hard-boiled eggs. In salt water. Or just a plate. Yeah. But it comes to the table, a plate yeah. of hard-boiled eggs right. that are peeled already. Right. And maybe even cut in half. Right. So here comes a plate of cut in half hard-boiled eggs, except the yolks on these eggs are green. <laughs> and the whites are mm-hmm. a translucent brownish orange. Okay? Okay. So that's weird. And I'm sitting at the table with three other uh, Chinese uh, people. One of them says, I grew up with this. I like it. One of them says, I've had it a couple times. It's fine. One of them says, I'm not touching that. I said, really? I said, you've never had it? No. She says, I'm I, it looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm not tasting it. Mm-hmm. I said, if you taste it, I'll taste it. Mm-hmm. And why I say that? We're on television. Right. <laughs> so you got to, you know. You know, you got the stakes gotta, are high. That's why yeah. we're here. The right? stakes. We're all T-E-A-K-S. Stakes. You sure you don't have editing? I'm learning a lot. <laughs> okay. And? So she takes a tiny chassier, trembling, she's going to take a nibble of this thing. Mm-hmm. And me, because I'm hilarious, Judy. Yes, I know, Philip. I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. I take the whole thing and pop it in my mouth. I know. Obviously. She you whore! <laughs> she took a teeny, teeny bit. People die from such hilarity. I almost dropped dead because what happens when you put the century-old egg in your mouth... The whole thing. The whole thing, and bite down on it, the first thing... Oh, wow, I wonder what that is. (laughs) How's your publicist? She's good, right? (laughs) Go ahead. The first thing you taste when you bite into the 100-year-old egg is very, very, very rotten egg. Oh, God, please, no, I can't. What's the second thing? But your face was like, yeah, and then? And then that is surpassed in your mouth. Uh Uh-huh. By the overpowering, and I mean overpowering, wave of ammonia. Oh, oh my God. God. So from this day hence, this egg shall be known as cat pee egg. Okay, can I just, and you swallowed it. There's the, cat poop coffee. The bravest thing I've ever done is chew that and swallow it. Now you know what it felt like for me. Yes. When I had to, you know, the first time. Why do you go there? 
She's a 16-year-old boy. I'm attracted to you. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So. I'm kidding. You're not attracted? No, I'm attracted to you. But, um, but, what, like, I don't understand why would this be a delicacy? Because here's what I learned after I did Mm -hmm. my hilarious thing. Mm Mm-hmm. The way it's used there is mm-hmm. a sliver. You take a tiny bit and you add it to this giant cauldron of soup, mm. like a like oh, a, it's like a, a seasoning. Garnish. It's a it's a, it's a cat pea garnish. You wouldn't put a whole onion in your mouth. No, you wouldn't eat the mound of wasabi. But, but that how comes come no one told me sushi. told you that? Well, he had to do it. No, the he camera was on. Do it. No, no, nobody said anything. No, I know, but you, you being you, you had to. When I saw the girl was uh, was timid. That's what I mean. Tame. I'm like, what you, you commit? It's a hard-boiled right. egg. Let it put it in your mouth. Uh, so I did it. So and you that, did you not hear, spit it out. You know, my brother's one of the producers right. on the show. You hear him laughing. <laughs> at my face. You hear the face was un. I've never seen a face like that because you know whenever they do like cooking segments I on shows. I stink at poker because I can't. Oh, hide same. It. Everything reads on the face. I'm just blessed or cursed. You can no, kind of tell, like if you're watching Good Morning America or the Today yes. Show or something, and they have a cooking segment. Yes. You can kind of tell when they're like, "Oh, that's good," and they don't really. But your face, I mean, <laughs> it was. I thought you were gonna puke. But I didn't. I know. That's I right. held it together. And you should be on the Amazing Race. Yeah, and so and, then, and did yet you... it's not that kind of show. That's how. Yes, what, I that's know. The only time that happened. Right. I'm not Andrew Zimmern. You know. Right. I'm not Anthony Bourdain. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. not looking for that. Right. Right. It's not that kind of show. And by the way, I love them both. Anthony Bourdain. I'm telling people, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That should be your so, tagline. Cool Just I like am. Anthony Bourdain. So, and then you, when you were in it. Tokyo, yeah. they had, like, the food was making noise. The, oh, you're talking about this beautiful thing. Yeah. At, at Narasawa, mm-hmm. which is rated the number one restaurant in all of Asia. Wow. You would like this. Here's what happens. A plank of wood comes. It's, it's cut from a tree. Right. So it's a beautiful, jagged, kind of rough... Mm-hmm. piece of wood it's beautiful sand it on top nice. and then what they've done is recreated they call it the forest floor oh so cool. you see moss and mushrooms and right. branches and trees it looks like a little diorama of oh. a scene in the forest there's even a, a stream there's even in a, in a in a hollowed out uh very autistic vessel right as they set it down they leave and you start hearing the sounds of the forest Coming from it, what? right? What? I go. What is this? What is happening? It's 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 rustling leaves, wind in the branches, birds, a running stream. I'm like, what is happening? And it's coming from that particular piece <laughs> of wood. They told me it's coming from the wood. I said, oh, so I get it. There's a sound chip, right, in the wood. That's very clever. Right. And they say, no, it's not that. There's a microphone in the forest. There is a live feed no from way. the forest through the internet into the wood of yours. I love this place. So, and how big is the portion on the... This is what they call the amuse-bouche, the thing before the meal starts. Right. Uh-huh. The thing, and by the way, it's it's not one bite. This is ten bites the of, of food. Right? Uh, it's gorgeous. All the things are 
are uh, other things. In other words, it looks like a branch. It's made out of like a mushroom. Ah, uh, sure. right. Everything is edible. It would all be pretentious bullshit, by the way, if it wasn't also delicious. Right. And if it is so, what the main course? What do they have? Like you're in a, you're in the zoo. Ten more courses. Oh my god! All celebrating nature in some way. In other words, the elements. Do you ever get full? Of course. Of course. You do. Uh, Well, yeah. I don't like the four-hour formal dinner Mm -hmm. that much anymore. Right. When I was a starving actor here in New York, and eating tuna fish Mm -hmm. every dinner, every dinner for forever. I read about these magical places in New York called four-star restaurants. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I would read and call my friends. Did you see? I called Monica once. She right. thought I was out of my mind. This is the guy I'm dating. Did you see LaBerna Dan got four stars? Yeah. I'm all excited. Why? Because I'm going to save up and I'm going to take her there. Right? And we did it. It's only good oh, if you I know. Cry. You're so, so cute right now. Right. But here's two kids. I'm in a, in a jacket that doesn't fit me. Right. And you never saw more excited people. Right. We're so excited that the waiter says, would you like to see the kitchen? Aww. Boy, would I. That's <laughs> yeah. really cute. We're in the kitchen and we're like, we're, you know, we're in our right. early Glory. 20s. Right. And, and we're, we're seeing, we think we're, we're, it's like Walt Disney said, right. would you like to see how we right. do everything? Right. Yeah. Yes. It's yes, like seeing your would. first show. Right. Yeah. And by the yeah, way, your first we go show. for lunch to yeah. Laverna then because we can't afford dinner. You understand? That this is, is the, this is, but we right. have to go. Right. Yes. And, and you have go. to have that experience. I have to do it. And once a year, my roommate Rob Wiener and I would ah, save up. Yeah. Because he was as stupid as me, and we'd spend $100 on a meal. Right. When my parents heard that I was doing oh, this. Oh, forget it. I was almost disowned. Philip! That's Can not, I talk to you? Yes, that's not what. What the hell are you doing with the money? That's not what money's for. Money? money crazy? If you grew up in my house. Hundred dollars. Money was to be saved for an operation. Mm. What if I need surgery? <laughs> that's right. Uh, what if I need surgery? Are you spending? And Max! He ate, Max! He ate my surgery. Oh, worth um, it. Now, worth it. uh. Yeah. We. That's a Have you ever had a really. And so the sharing of that. Right. Yeah. That became That is what essential. the show is. Exactly. Right. Isn't that what you do with your passion and who you are? Yes. Why not? You share, you share it. But he he is such you have such joy. Well, I'm and here's the thing. I'm trying to get you off the couch to come and travel. So, right? I yeah. want oh. you to like I think if we watch Anthony Bourdain who we love, right. he's a superhero. Right. I watching him I'm going, "You're fantastic. I'm right. not doing that." Right. I'm not going to Beirut to get shot at. Right. I'm not eating this part of the pig that will right. make you die. Right. I I have to eat food that I recognize right. as food because I didn't grow up like him. I'm not cool like right. him. So here's my real thing. I think you're cool. I think yeah. if people see me mm-hmm. going to these places mm-hmm. and eating these things, they're going to say, if that putz can go outside, right. so can I. Well, you're so relatable Thank you. to people that it's it does. It makes the viewer oh, feel comfortable. And Listen. Yes, boss. Very um, nice. Have you? I could take a lesson, maybe. Yeah, thanks. Your partner. Yeah. Very nice. So, what about? Have you ever had like? All right, so you're doing the show. Yes. We have the hundred, the century old deck. Yes. Did you ever have like a bad like that you were like? Yes. You know, you know what? I film eight days in each place. Right. So the ones that are just okay, I don't put them in. The right, show. right, right. But why bother? Right. I want. But show did the you- chefs see you walk in and they're like? Because when we went to Blue Hill, it yeah. was like, feel above. I feel like I'm with the king. You know why? Because I love. Dan Barber, the chef right. at uh, Blue Hill at Stone Barns, right. and also Blue Hill down in the right. village here. But when you eat at Blue Hill at Stone Barns, 
This is, I, I think I told you this, this is my favorite restaurant, restaurant in, in the a, whole world. In America. Yes. Okay. Mm. Oh, I this thought is, you said in, in the world. It's fine. We'll say the world. Why not? Uh-huh. It's America. It's America. We are the world. Right. <laughs> we are. Okay. I knew, that. I knew I shouldn't So that. now mm-hmm. you know that, you know, a lot of, we talk a lot about what pisses us off on Kill Me Now. Oh, great. Yeah. And um, we can't end this without a couple of questions. First of all. We ask everyone if they're on any antidepressants. Nope. Which is what I told Lauren before the show. There will be no anti. But let me ask you something. Is syndication an antidepressant? <laughs> yes. That's what I thought. Okay. If you had no, everybody loves Raymond. Yes. Would you be depressed? No. Okay. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Cut. But but uh, uh, I get sad like everybody else, right? You know, and I would even say I could get depressed on occasion, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, life, but you're living life to the fullest. Life is good; it has nothing to do with money, right? I know, I totally agree. The poorest people in the world—they did a study. Some of the the, the they did a study. The happiest people on earth have nothing. Actually, have nothing. It's have not, nothing. It's not everyone Max! who has nothing is happy. It just so happens that the, they found the happiest. Max, I don't understand. Philip is a big success, and I'm still depressed. Now, uh, oh I heard that. Is there anything in your kitchen that really pisses you off? It's under the sink. How do you know this? I don't know. <laughs> Something. My wife. I, I that she's a witch. She has the little compost trash basket. Oh, it's so good for the earth. Very nice. So <laughs> I put my. Apple core in right, there right. every morning. Right. Thing. And every morning I open that goddamn thing under the sink where mm-hmm. this little basket is hanging on two nails. When I open it, it slips off one of the nails and hangs diagonally <laughs> like like and like an animal I have right. to go in there and, and right. straighten it and put my <laughs> apple core in there for the right. compost in the biodegradable bag that's in the basket and then re hook it on the nail. How long do I live with this? Ten years. Ten years. That's right. Nobody fixes it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's your I, turn. But she said that <laughs> I they tried to fix it, to fix it and it doesn't Jewish. get... Yeah. She said Hire that me, I'll tried, come over and Not fix that it. I talked to her, but I heard. Have, I heard. We have a handyman on retainer. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? He's shit. Is he Jewish? <laughs> no. That's... That's it. That's it. You want me to kill him? I'll kill um, him for you. But a Jew wouldn't know how to fix it. So. Is there anything else that... Like I, ha- I just want to know what, what pisses you? Like nothing uh, more than that goddamn basket. Under is that the sink. really the thing that? May I ask something? You know when yeah, you don't have what? big problems, you take the little. Problems I know, which is good. Big. Yes. How about? Uh, is there anything in the preparation of uh, food or a food prep? What is presented to you? Anything that is like a pet peeve of yours that people do, like a, a garnish that's inedible? Yeah, or... like I'd hate to wait on you. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I, I like almost everything. I really yeah, do. but do you get get it? Oh, they didn't serve it right, or no, this? I is, don't care. Oh, all Just right. Do you have a puppy though? Of oh, yeah, loud, mm-hmm. loud in the restaurant. Loud restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. And I found out because you know I invest in restaurants right. as well. I, I for me it's like supporting the arts. Right. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. I don't make money at it really. Right. I, I break even, I guess. And what there was one or two things that I did make money, but by luck. That's right. pretty cool. Because it's so, a stupid investment so, restaurant. However. Yeah, like a Broadway show. I a, found is a, har- is, a Broadway show yeah. or a boat. Oh, boats mm. are the worst. Stupid. Li- yeah. Just so, throw the money in the yes. ocean. Yeah. Uh, I found out. Do you know why restaurants are so loud now? You want to guess why? Wait. 
so they can get more so people will leave and they can get you're more very to... good you know why you know that because you're very a cynical con. person yes and you went right to the 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 heart of it right you got it turnover it. it's a terrible business thing and i'm like oh i hate knowing that I right hate that that's why yeah because so people will so eat I'm get the hell out and i'm yeah. on my for me restaurant and i really believe this a great restaurant is a vacation Mm-hmm. For the for the evening, right? Even lunch can be this. That's what I in the feel of like. Day. A meal is yeah. So absolutely. you're ruining it with this thing, and now I find out you're doing it because you don't want me there. Mm-hmm. Right? You want me to give you money and eat as yes. quickly as possible and get out. That's why okay. they need to pay waiters a well, I was wage. Just gonna say that. Oh well, look you, at I've what learned. do you think of the fact that yes. we essentially the customer pays the salary of the waiter? That's not fair. I mean, we really do. For either it's like party. you hire someone to serve your food, and the customer is paying that salary. This is kind of how it's been right. for many, it's many years. It's not like that in Europe, right? I don't, I don't no. think so, no. Right. They in get a Europe, wage. You ship very little. Right. It's just a nice if any courtesy, at all. Right. if anything at all. I think, uh, it's like, why do you think you can own a business and have the customers pay the employees? Yeah. Uh, to, because the rents are so high and the profit margins are so tiny in America. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I'm guessing it's not so bad. But here in America, it is bad. Okay, then why do they have uh, tip cups at Starbucks and at the Dell? Everyone has a goddamn tip cup. Oh, at the grocery store. I now. mean, it's ridiculous. Because you... they can. Okay, so that's number one. First of all, America. that what is? I have to know this. We cannot end without knowing the fake. You're the, Favorite thing you ever ate in your entire life? If you you have a gun to your head, you can have one thing. The chocolate chocolate chip gelato at Vivoli. I, I knew you were going to mention that place from the episode I watched. I could hear it in his voice. Whatever. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. So you're on death row. Yeah, I need a and little And you're going to make them you, go to yeah. Italy now, there's lots to of, get you gelato. There's going to be a lot. First of all, I get to live a little longer. That's yeah, a long that's trip. true. And, you know, I had to pick one thing out right. of a hat right now. There's lots and lots of other things. Mm-hmm. But right. you won't have time to think about it because you'll be dead. Can I compliment my mother? Yes! I was going to ask you if she was she a good cook. She makes a killer matzo ball soup. I give oh. her you know, that's a hard thing yes. to make. The mo- she does it great. And her mother did it great. Right. And she does it great. Mm. Does your father cook at all? Not at all. He can't make a can of soup. <laughs> does he like to eat? Not especially. Wow. Can he open a he can? Loves a, he loves a, anything that reminds him of his childhood, like a Wiener schnitzel. Right. Uh, Lord, he could eat that three right. times a day. That's, wow. that's a great uh, idea for a restaurant. What? Wiener to schnitzels? Take no, to take childhood foods and elevate them. I suppose that's what a lot of restaurants do. But uh, don't. What is with the kissing his ass thing? I'm not. I really am into food too. I, I know. I, watch I just the food love channel food. All the time. You know what? I cannot be friends with someone who doesn't like food. This is the other thing that pisses me off. And then we're hanging up. Is it okay. It's time for dinner. Yeah. For okay. I can't be in a relationship or friends with anyone who does not like like to eat. L- like to eat. You know why? Why? It's how we connect. Right, mm. right. It's it's food and a sense of humor. Right. Yes. I believe that's how we find our friends. That's even how we find who we're going to marry. Mm. The sense of humor. Very profound. That I totally agree with. Right. Yes. Yeah, sense of humor. Eating the last thing. To do, right. And you can't eat with somebody who's and not you got to laugh with someone. With yeah. Oh, Once the laughs go. That then it's over. Go. The last thing is, and this is a lesbianic thing. I'm not kidding. 
teach me something. All right. When I've gone out with groups, you know, I first of all I hate eating with large groups and or going out with and there's one person at oh. the table. The check comes. Mm-hmm. I I oh I didn't have an appetizer oh, no. and I only had soup, so yeah. I'm only putting I don't know why I'm talking like my mother, but it's that it's so annoying. That's not a Ruth? Thing. That's in everything. All right. Everybody. I uh, you think you're so special with the lesbians. Yeah, sorry. A lesbians are notorious for being cheap. Yeah, is that true? I'm not. That's no, no, you're not. No, that because is, yeah. Judy yeah. is like the the, the that lesbian that makes up for everything. I don't know because they, you so know some of the lesbian? your father's a les- oh, an lesbian. Oh, old Jewish man. Okay. Um, <laughs> basically the same thing. All right. All right. That's Listen, really I'm funny. starving. I don't know about you. I'm hungry too. I am really hungry. Where's lunch? Phil. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love I'm you. I'm so I love you. I'm so excited about the show. Thank you. For we have talking. six episodes. Paris, Barcelona, Florence, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Los Angeles. Oh, uh, really? Oh, Los I'm Angeles. going to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. The best food city in America at the moment. Sorry, really? New York. Give me one but, place to eat while I'm there. What do you think of the rat that took the slice of pizza down the... Um... I told my son, who loves 99-cent pizza, right. as, as a way to mm-hmm. stick it to his father. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody rebels in their <laughs> right. way. So I'm like, where are you eating tonight? He goes, 99-cent pizza. I'm like, you're killing me. Right. I sent him the video. I said, you see this video? Yes. That's how they deliver the slices to your place. <laughs> Oh, God. I love a good 99 cent slice. Listen, Phil, I wish you only the best. I I know this show. Nachis. And (laughs) extra. And I cannot wait to go eat with you right now. And I have to say, you have to watch the show. What's it called? It's called I'll Have What's Phil. Shit. It's called I'll Have What's Phil. Oh, my God. I'll Have What Phil's Having. I'll Have What Phil's Having. What the hell is that? One more time. I'll have what Phil's having. Nice. Oh, that's the best one. That was a good you one. I'll what, cut that guys? one. You know what, guys? All I have to say is I'll have what Phil's having. Kill me now. Kill me now. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. Hello. So